0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and
1: talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Hey everybody! Welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris, and we are continuing our journey through what is called the Pastoral Epistles. Got a little bit of uh, everything going on today. There's there's a little bit of everything going on. What we're dealing with here, and we may have talked about this yesterday. What we're dealing with here is uh, Paul basically writing letters to his proteges, like these these younger dudes that he's kind of raising up to be a pastor. Um, I I really enjoy these books. Mm-hmm. Um, because if there's any books of the Bible that could teach you kind of what the expectation is of a pastor of somebody seeking to disciple other people uh, it's these it's these books. so yeah. it's
1: first second Timothy and Titus. I think it's a great glimpse into discipleship and mentorship as well yeah just of how Paul walked with Timothy, the relationship that he had. Um, I mean there is there's a lot of emotion in these letters like these guys are very near and dear to him.
0: You do see a lot more of his personal, um, thoughts and cares and concerns. You you also start to see, just as we're reading these letters from Paul, like over and over again in sequence, you start to see a lot of the things that he likes to talk about. Like he says often that he's praying for people, hmm. like with everything that he can. He's thinking about them often, he's
1: praying about them often. Um, there's there's just a lot of consistent themes that's in a lot of Paul's works. And and in all these letters, first, second, Timothy, and Titus. He is also trying to help them accomplish certain tasks within Mm -hmm. the church, Mm -hmm. set up some church leadership. He's trying to ensure sound doctrine Mm -hmm. uh, that the truth is being proclaimed, and he's encouraging them to live right lifestyle, to do good deeds. Um, That specifically clearly comes out in the book of Titus. Um, Titus,
0: like I guess it's a bummer if you're from Crete, huh?
1: Yeah, the Cretans Cretans (laughs) didn't have the best reputation. Um, What Ryan's referring to is – Paul quotes one of the Cretans' own prophets um, (laughs) that describes Cretans as uh, liars, cruel animals, and lazy gluttons. Man, and then he says, "This is true." How's that as a uh, like a like a mission statement? Yeah.
0: Hey, let's go reach all those lazy people.
1: (laughs) Um, But it's actually uh, like we actually there is actually a word we don't use very much anymore, but like to Cretanize um, is to live just a very immoral lifestyle. Um, So maybe people would say Las Vegas is a Cretan style city or Mm -hmm. something. Um, but yeah, this uh, you know Titus didn't have a simple job like go to this place where this is the reputation of everybody and go find guys and go find elders who are yeah, eligible yeah, yeah. to to be leaders. So even when he says things like, you know, faithful to one wife, which is probably like a one woman man, uh, that probably wasn't that uh that common. It would have been maybe, you know, there wouldn't just been hundreds of people to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other thing that it's a totally minor detail, but it, for some reason, when I read Titus, it jumps out at me just, uh, even as Paul's introducing the book, he talks about God and he makes a simple statement of God who does not lie. Yeah. Um, and you know, if, if you've grown up in the church and stuff, it's easy to kind of breeze by that. But like, how awesome is it that we have a trustworthy God that doesn't lie? Um, I was amazed one time when a former Muslim told me that one of the names of Allah is actually the deceiver. And so, like, one of the characteristics of Allah would be that he doesn't always tell the truth. Mm. So sometimes it's amazing when you start to realize, think about the opposite of the characteristic we know of God, that if that wasn't true and the opposite was true, like, how horrible would that be? Mm-hmm. Like God, what do you want me to do with my life? Well, are you telling me the truth, or are you deceiving me right now? Mm -hmm. And it sounds so minor, um, but I'm so grateful that we have a God who doesn't lie.
0: Mm. Um, I was looking over the, like basically when when Titus talk what when Paul is talking to Titus about what it means to be an elder. um, I I remember when I was in college, we had extensive conversations about this passage, um, and and there's passages like it in Timothy as well. Mm. But what it means to be like an actual chosen and called out leader of a church, the, the bar is very high. Like it's, it's like, Hey, you got to be super faithful to your family. Your kids can't have a bad reputation. You're, you're the people in the community have to like love and appreciate you. You have to be known for consistently doing all the good works. It's intense. It is. Um. So if nothing else, it it leads me to, to look at church leadership as like a, like a super high calling. It's not something that's a thing to be taken lightly. Um, but it's also a thing to be encouraged in, and that, like, Paul's willing to work with Titus and Timothy in how to figure this out. They're calling people out of this Cretan culture to fill these roles. I'm sure they didn't have everything quite polished off and figured
1: out. I'm sure there was a journey. Yeah. You know, and again, and it's also not requiring perfection, which I think we've seen times when that's been. these passages have been abused to, mm-hmm. like, you have to be perfect, and mm-hmm. if you ever make a mistake in this, you're done. But at the same time, you know, sometimes when you come out of one abuse of something, you can swing towards the other abuse. Mm -hmm. And we also don't want to swing towards the abuse of come one, come all, anybody and everybody do whatever Mm -hmm. you want, Mm because that would actually also not be appropriate.
0: Um, There's another, I I think the way that you talk about it is like having people take steps towards God. Like he's not going to solve the whole situation. He's just going to encourage people to take steps. So there is some passages here where, Paul's encouraging slaves to always obey their masters and never talk back to them. It's this tricky slavery issue that's popping up in the Bible again.
1: Yeah. Especially going through it the way that we are. (laughs) um, I'm kind of just reminded, Oh, this actually comes up a lot. It comes up a lot. Yeah. yeah.
0: So if you're, I mean, if you're listening every day, you probably, you probably do feel similarly like, wow, there's a lot about like, and it's a little bit uncomfortable. The one thing that sticks out to me today is that Paul's clearly, holding like the honor of God and the reputation of God um, and like the, our mission in bringing people the gospel, he holds that higher than literally anything else. And so like, what? why should slaves be obedient to their masters? It's so that God, the savior is attractive in every way. And so I, he's not going about like, he's not becoming an abolitionist. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think we would like to see, um, but he is saying, Hey, you know, we need to honor God in every scenario that we're in. It reminds me a lot of Philippians two. Uh sorry, Philippians four, where he's like, I I've learned to be content in every mm. way. And the, the thing that I care about is that the gospel is preached.
1: Yeah, and I, I do still I think Paul would have an ideal. Yeah. Um, but we're dealing with a broken planet, we're dealing yeah. with uh less than ideal situations many times. Um yeah, I Another passage that pops out to me uh, it's one of my favorite passages actually Titus chapter two eleven through fourteen sometimes I've heard it described as the Gospel in a nutshell. Mm. Um, and you've got this this picture of the grace of God uh, being revealed, bringing salvation, but then that grace is active in working in people's lives to uh, help them live godly self-controlled and upright lives. and then you've so you've got kind of the past, the grace has been revealed grace is present in our lives actively working in our lives and then there's still this future hope of grace again returning which we kind of realize very quickly that grace is is a figure of speech here for Jesus Jesus appeared bringing salvation he works in our lives teaching us to live godly self-controlled and upright lives and we wait for that blessed hope uh, of his return so in just in a few short verses sometimes it's it's nice to point out like Here's just a, a snippet that captures the essence of the entire gospel, the Christian life, uh, and our future hope. Uh, so that's one of my favorite passages. It's good.
0: Uh, look at 2 Timothy, Second Timothy one five. Um, I love this passage. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, two women, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I lost my place, And I know that that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Um, it, it's just super encouraging to read that. One, there's like this really cool intergenerational piece mm-hmm. that's like, hey, your grandmother had this, your mother has this, now you have this. Um, but it's, I think it's just a general encouragement to all of us. Like, how are we fanning into mm-hmm. flame? the gift that God has given us. You have this picture in your mind of like this tiny little coal that you're like blowing on and trying to produce like a a much bigger greater flame. How can we actually do that in our own lives? Maybe there's some some encouragement for you in that today um as you head off to wherever you're going. Mm-hmm. How can you fan into flame the faith and the gift that God has given you? Um uh, because we're we're not made to sit on the sidelines. Right. Like we're we're not made to be Afraid, or we're not like um, we're not made to be hesitant. We want to actually bring the power that
1: God's blessed us with into the situations that we're in today. And, and I think that that is that's a continual journey. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Not just well, ten years ago, did I, that? I blew on the coals a little yeah. bit. Yeah, um, because that's one of the beautiful things about life with Christ, and why it's so much better to. Walk with Jesus now, than just receive Him on your deathbed. Mm-hmm. Even though you'll mm-hmm. still get this to heaven, but like life with God gives you this ability to journey with Him.
0: Yeah, um,
1: and co- constantly grow, change, learn. Um, I actually think that that life with God is going to continue on into eternity. I think the learning, the growing, the the understanding is going to is going to continue for a lifetime. So we get to participate in that now. So why why wait around for eternity for that? Just let's start now.
0: Yeah. All right, guys, be encouraged. Fan that gift into flame. Figure out how you can uh, pursue that today and and just continue to pursue Jesus and uh, represent him wherever you go today. So we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye. First Timothy six, starting in verse 11, but you, Timothy are a man of God. So run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from the heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach Him. No human eye has ever seen Him, nor ever will. All honor and power to Him forever. Amen. Teach those who are rich in the world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. Titus 1, starting in verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. This truth gives them confidence that they will have eternal life, which God, which does not lie, promised them before the world began. And now, just at the right time, He has revealed this message, which we announce to everyone. It is by the command of God our Savior that I have been entrusted with this work for him. I am writing to Titus, my true son, in faith that we share. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior give you grace and peace. I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation of being wild or rebellious. A church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message that he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it wherever they are wrong. For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. They must be silenced, because they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teaching. And they do it only for money. Even one of their own men, a prophet from Crete, has said about them, the people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, and lazy gluttons. This is true. So reprimand them sternly and make them strong in their faith they must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and consciousnesses are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching— Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal. But must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what
1: you say. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once, we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them, for people like that have turned away from the truth, and their own sins condemn them. I am planning to send either Artemis or Tychicus to you. As soon as one of them arrives, do your best to meet me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to stay there for winter. Do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos with their trip. See that they are given everything they need. Our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others, then they will not be unproductive. Everybody here sends greetings. Please give my greetings to the believers, all who love us. May God's grace be with you all. 2 Timothy chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I am ready to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you, for God has given us not a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. And now he has made all of this plain by the appearing of Jesus Christ, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it. For I know that the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what has been entrusted to me until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Phrygius and Hermogenus. May the Lord show special kindness to Oniferus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return, and you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus.